in a series right now just titled Believe. And during this series, you know, there are some truths that I repeat because I want to tell you, we don't always get everything the first time. So I want to say that the Christian life is a life of faith. It is to be a life of trusting and depending upon God every day. And Jesus says in Mark eleven twenty two, have faith in God. Have faith in God. This is real important. Jesus tells us to have faith in God. He doesn't tell you to do anything that you can't do. I say that because there's this attitude in religious culture today and and in the world itself that faith is just kind of a feeling that just kind of comes on you. That's baloney. Faith is you choosing to believe God. He doesn't tell you to do something you, you can't, you know, you can't help it if you don't believe. Yes, you can. Have faith in God. So we choose to believe the Word of God. We choose to believe in Jesus as our Lord and Savior, that He died on the cross and rose from the dead and paid the price for our sins. We choose to believe that. We choose to believe that He is our shepherd. We choose to believe that He gives us wisdom, that He provides for us, that He heals us, that He protects us, that He gives us peace and joy. You see, we choose to believe the promises of God. The reason that so many believers seem to experience so little of God's power in their life is because there's just so little faith. You know, one time Jesus said to the disciples, how is it you have no faith? I wouldn't want it to be one of them that day. You know what I'm saying? When the Savior says, how is it you have no faith? I mean, their faith was on E, empty. How is it you have no faith? Another time he says to them, oh, you of little faith. I mean, they just had a little bit, like I ate the tank. You know what I'm saying? You see, it doesn't matter how powerful your car is. If it's out of gas, you're not going anywhere. You know, and if you just got just a little bit of gas, well, you ain't going far. And, and I just want to encourage you in this, that, you know, through this series, I, I, I'm believing that the, that the gauge is going to move a little bit. You know what? That the gauge in regard to our faith is just going to rise to a new level. That we'll be believing God for great things in and through our lives. And I want to encourage you with this. You know, Jesus, when He said those things, who did He say that to? He didn't say it to lost people. He didn't say it to unbelievers or the Pharisees, but He said it to His disciples. And guess what? They learned and they grew and they became great men of faith and saw miracles happen in their life. That tells me there's hope for you and me. We can learn. We can grow. You know what? I just, that's what this is about, that we learn and we grow, that we begin to believe God more, and we see new victories and breakthroughs in our life. What if you could change the course of your life? I mean, what if by believing, you, you could just turn 
some area of your life around, maybe a certain area where you have really struggled in need of victory, or maybe your life might, is going pretty well, but, but you would just like to see God move and work more in and through your life. I believe that the principles of the Word of God can do that this morning. I'm sharing with you, I believe, some truths that can actually change where your life is going and help you to really get victory. Yeah, there's this old saying, uh, say what you mean, mean what you say. And I like it. I'm kind of bent that way. You know, I just tend to be blunt and say, you know, candid and just say, say how it is sometimes. But uh, sometimes that saying, though, you know, that mentality, say what you mean, mean what you say, it gets it turned into an excuse for being mean. Yeah, but... I have a message for you this morning, and I believe it's really from the Lord, and I titled it this way, Say What You Believe, and believe what you say. It's better. It's better to say what you mean, mean what you say. Say what you believe, and believe what you say. That's really important. You know what? There's a whole lot of talk going on. We say all kinds of things, and most of it doesn't have anything to do with what we believe, but we just talk and... It's kind of scary sometimes, but I just remind you of what Jesus said in Matthew 12, 36 and 37. He says, I say to you that every idle word men shall speak, they will give an account in the day of judgment, for by your words you'll be justified, by your words you'll be condemned. Wow. It matters what you say. And he's going to hold us accountable even for our idle words. So say what you believe and believe what you say. We find this principle really clear in Scripture. We're going to go to 2 Corinthians 4.13, but I just want to say something about this message today. I really struggled with this message because I realized that it just kind of goes against the grain of a lot of the religious culture of the day. It's hard for the carnal mind, the reasoning of man, to accept some of the things I'm going to talk about. But this truth is really powerful if you believe it and apply it in your life, and you're going to see it all through Scripture this morning. I'm scaring some of you, right? All through Scripture. I'm going to go fast. I'm just, and I'm just giving you a little bit, but I tell you, you'll see it all through the Scripture. 2 Corinthians 4.13 And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke, we also believe and therefore speak. Speak what you believe. Say what you believe. We also believe and therefore speak. So much talk about faith today, and yet somehow this powerful principle from the Word of God gets left out of it a lot of the time. It is important that what we say lines up with what we think we believe. Are we speaking words of faith? Are we speaking unbelief? Are we saying what God says, or are we just calling it like we see it? Are we just speaking the circumstances, just like the world does? Or are we saying what God says in His Word? See, we need to learn to say what we believe. Now, I know talk is cheap. You can't just talk the talk. You've got to walk the walk. But when it comes to faith, if you're not talking the talk, you ain't walking the walk. And this is where a lot of people are missing it in their 
walk of faith is that their words don't line up with what they really want to believe in their heart. In fact, Jesus says in Luke 6, 46, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You see, I think some people, they're kidding themselves because they think they're really believing, and yet they're not willing to actually say it out of their mouth. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And if you believe it, you need to say it out of your mouth. This script, this principle is so clear in Scripture. I mean, this is even how we get saved. Your words are a powerful expression of your faith. We're going to go to Romans 10, 9 and 10. And these verses, as I said, they tell us how we're saved, and they, but they show us this principle very clearly that we're to say what we believe. Romans 10, 9 and 10. If you confess with your mouth... If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, this is really important. We're not adding works to being saved by grace through faith. No, as James says, faith without works is dead. And Paul makes it clear here that you believe in your heart, but you got to confess with your mouth. You confess the Lord Jesus, that you believe that he died and he rose again, that he's your Savior. you got to be willing to say that out of your mouth. And it's important. See, when people believe in the Lord Jesus, if they don't believe enough to say that out of their mouth, they don't believe. And I want you to see this principle even in regard to our salvation. But it also is true about so much of the Word of God that we need to believe it in our heart and we need to say it out of our mouth. Now, in verse 9 and 10, you know, is this the word confess and confession here? And we need to understand that confess is, you know, we know it's to say something, but I I want you to get this. The meaning of the original text is to say the same thing as. That's what it's actually saying here. You're saying the same thing as. In other words, you confess Jesus died on the cross and, and rose from the dead. You confess that you have put your faith and trust in Him. You say that, you're, you're saying the same thing as. Now, we use the word confess almost always nowadays when people talk about confess or confession, they're talking about sins. It's just almost exclusively how it's used, although in the Scripture... It's used like this many times, not just about sin. But the Bible does tell us to confess our sins. He is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And yes, even in that situation, it means to say the same thing because when you hear the Word of God and it shows you where you've been doing wrong in your life or the Holy Spirit convicts you and you know that you've been doing wrong, you agree with Him. You say the same thing. You say, Lord, I've sinned. I did wrong. And He'll forgive you. But I want you to understand that this this word confession, it means to say the same thing as... You see, we're saying the same thing that God says here. Oh, this truth applies in your life any time that you start 
saying what you believe. See, it's not just about sins. It's, it's about every area of our life. Romans 10, 9 and 10. I want to read it one more time. It's just so clear and powerful. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. We need to get this. This is how we're saved. But understand that this principle also works on the rest of the promises of God. You believe it in your heart and you confess it. You say it with your mouth. In other words, you're saying the same thing that the Scripture says. I believe Jesus is the Son of God, that He died on the cross for my sins and He rose from the dead. And when we believe it in our heart and we confess it in our, with our mouth, there's something powerful that happens. When we believe it in our heart and we say it out of our mouth, we are born again. We are a new creation in Christ. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. See, some of you, you need, to, you need to profess that. You need to confess that. You need to speak that over your life. You believe it? You need to speak it. I'm a new creation in Christ. Old things have passed away. All things are become new. I'm not living the same old life, but I go to church and you know Jesus is cool. No, my life has been radically changed. A, a new creation in Christ. You see, we need to believe it and we need to speak it. And that's the way it is with so many of the promises of God. You know, we're living in a time when religious people, uh, it seems like they want to decide which promises you can believe and which ones you can't. And a lot of them have their own version, but most of what I'm talking about, it kind of plays out like this. I mean, they want to keep... They want to keep it socially acceptable, reasonable. Anything that would actually look like a miracle in your life, yes, salvation is a miracle. But don't misunderstand, I, I, I'm just telling you, there are a lot of miracles and things that God would do in our life, but, but that's not for us today. And I just want you to hear me now that you see... I use this verse of Scripture a lot because of the deception and the false teaching of our day. 2 Corinthians 1.20 All the promises of God in Him, that's in Jesus, are yes, and in Him, amen, to the glory of God through us. You see, we say the amen. That's our part. Now, this is an interesting word also. It's not the same word, but it, it, this word, amen, we, we use it all the time. Some of you have said it in this service several times, right? And when you say amen, it's not like, I don't like that. No, it's like, I agree. It's like, so be it. See, some of you thought amen just meant the prayer's over. No, it actually means so be it or I agree. And so we say amen at the end of a prayer because we're saying so be it, I agree. Jesus actually used this word a whole lot, but it's translated another way. It's virtual, or excuse me, verily, verily. He says it twice before a lot of his teachings. He'll say verily, verily, truly, truly, I say to you. 
And you see, that's what we're saying to the promises of God. We're saying, I agree. We're saying it's true. It, it's verily for me. It's, it's true for me. We're agreeing with it. And we need to get this. See, it matters what you say. That you agree. That you say, yes, that's for me. That's our part in this. All the promises of God in Him are yes, and in Him, amen, to the glory of God through us. What we say to the promises of God, we say they're true. We say, I agree. And we speak it out of our mouth. I already talked about this, but I'm a new creation in Christ. I'm not living that old life anymore. Some people, you know, you're struggling with that, struggling with that old life. You take hold of Galatians 2.20 and you say, I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. See, you need to to start confessing some of it. Some of you that are struggling with your old life too much, in and out up and down spiritually, you need to start speaking that over your life. And I'm not talking about just saying words. I'm talking about believe it in your heart and speak it out of your mouth because it becomes powerful when you do that. Yes. Romans 6.11 says that we are we're to count ourselves dead to sin but alive unto God in Christ Jesus. See, struggling with some old sin, but you get a hold of this truth and you say, this is for me. I say amen to it. I'm going to count myself. I'm dead to sin, but I'm alive to God. And your flesh and your desires are saying, oh no, we're alive and well. But you believe. And so you speak the Word of God. You say it out of your mouth. Say what you believe and believe what you say. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says that he who knew no sin became sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm righteous not because I'm so good, but because my Savior paid the price so I could be righteous. And you, you, you know, you, you got to get a hold of this. See, sometimes people just living under this cloud of condemnation because you know what a dog you are. Romans 8.1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation unto them who are in Christ Jesus. You see, you need to know the Word of God and you need to speak it over your life. Believe it in your heart and speak it out of your mouth. I love this one from Psalm 103. He forgives all my iniquities and He heals all my diseases. Wow. He heals all my diseases. Lord, I say it so. I agree with you and I say it out of my mouth. He heals all my diseases. Listen, that's easy to say when you're walking in health, but when you feel bad or you get a bad report from a doctor, that's the time that you're not going by what you see and just just saying what you see or what the circumstances are. You're going by faith and you're saying what the Word of God says. You're agreeing with God. He heals all my diseases. You know, sometimes you, you just don't know what to do. You've got choices to make, decisions. What am I going to do? Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. You lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways you acknowledge Him, and He will direct your path. Lord, I believe you will direct my path. You, you, your situation, you need wisdom. If any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. He that wavers is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. Let not that man think that he shall receive anything from the Lord. 
You see, the religious culture we live in says, oh, you can't say that. There's a whole lot of things that Jesus said and the Word of God says that people don't want to hear. They made up their own version. I want to tell you, the Bible says, don't let that man think he'll receive anything from the Lord. We can't be in and out and up and down in our faith. we got to be bold and be strong enough to speak it out of our mouths. Well, I believe it down in my heart. Jesus says, out of the abundance of the heart, your mouth is going to speak. Now, sometimes, you know, life just gets heavy. It's so hard. Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30, Jesus says to come unto me. All you are weary and heavy laden and I'll give you rest. He says, take my yoke upon you for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Lord, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That's your confession. You're agreeing with what Jesus said. You're just believing it in your heart and confessing it with your mouth. Sometimes you just don't have the strength or the ability that you need to accomplish something. I mean, it happens to me all the time. But I know Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I don't have any cop-outs. I don't have any excuses. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And sometimes, like every Sunday morning, I'm just too weak to do this, Lord. But when I'm weak, then I'm strong. That's what the Bible says. I mean, Paul said it. (laughs) Paul said it in 2 Corinthians 12, 10. But Joel said that we're to say this. When you are weak, he says, let the weak say, I am strong. You weak. You say, by faith. It's not bragging. No, it's bragging on the Lord. I'm weak, but I say I'm strong. Because when I'm weak... His power rests upon me. I'm just telling you, see, whatever area of life you're talking about, there are promises. The Word of God is full of promises and truths that we need to believe and speak with our mouth. Romans 10, 17 says, Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. See, you need to hear the Word of God so that you will know the promises and believe the promises and then speak them out of your mouth. We ought to be saying the same thing that God says. There's great power in His words. Hebrews 4.12 says the Word of God is alive and powerful. His Word has the power to accomplish whatever He sends it to do. This is how that He created the worlds. Psalm 33 and 6 says, By the word of the Lord the heavens were made, and all the hosts of them by the breath of His mouth. I mean, if you've ever read the creation account in Genesis, you know this. It goes like this. And God said, let there be light. And God said, let there be firmament. And God said, God said, are y'all getting this? God said, let there be dry ground. And God said, let there be grass and trees. And God said, let there be lights in the heavens. And God said, let the water be full of living creatures and let birds fly above the earth. And God said, let the earth bring forth every living creature. And God said, let us make man in our own image. God said, and it happened. God said, and it happened. God said, and it happened. This is the way He works. Everything He did, He did by speaking. And His words carry with it tremendous power. See, it's the Word of God. 
that we use when we do spiritual warfare. The Bible says, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. How do you do warfare with the forces of darkness? You use the Word. Now let me tell you what that's not. I got my Bible. You might get just a little exercise doing that. I don't know. But that's all you're going to get. That's not how you use the Word. You got to know what it says. You got to believe it in your heart and you got to speak it out of your mouth. And when that happens, I want to tell you it puts the devil, it puts the forces of darkness to flight. It's the sword of the Spirit. Well, I believe it in my heart. That's not how you do it. You got to use it, you got to speak it. You believe it and you speak it. It's powerful. Our God, He calls those things that are not as though they were. He said that about Abraham. It's Romans 4.17, God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. And we've talked about this story, you know, we talked about it last week, but Abraham was a hundred years old before he had that promised son, Isaac. But it was years before that God changed his name. He called him the father of many nations. Think about this. And you know what? I believe that Abraham changed his name that day. That he went around telling people, what's your name, Abraham? Father of many nations. That's what that means. Father of many nations. You see, we need to speak what the Word of God says about us. We need to believe it, and we need to speak it. Whatever God gives us, we need to speak it out of our mouths. In Ezekiel chapter 37, God tells Ezekiel to prophesy to the dry bones and to speak life into them, that they come to life. He's talking about the nation of Israel, and it seemed like all was lost, but God was going to raise them up again. I want to tell you, when all is lost, when it can't be done, the natural thing is just to give up, but that's the time to believe God. Now, get this. The Lord tells Ezekiel to speak to the dry bones. And then he tells him to speak to the four winds. Jesus wasn't the only one that spoke to the wind. Ezekiel did it too. But think about this. The Lord could have done this by himself. He could have spoken it himself. But he used Ezekiel to speak it. And he expects us to speak the word. He expects us to believe and to speak I believe and therefore speak. Amen. 2 Corinthians 4.13. We got to get that. But we need to understand. The Lord could have done it without Ezekiel. But He chooses to work this way. Without faith, it's impossible to please Him. So whatever battle that you might be facing, you need to start believing and speaking. You know, when you talk about Ezekiel and the Valley of Dry Bones, I remember when we went through that whole COVID mess and a lot of people were talking a whole lot of gloom and doom over the church. I want to tell you, that's the very time 
that we speak what the Word of God says, that Jesus is going to build His church and not even the very gates of hell can stop it. That's just the way it's going to be because we believe it and we're going to speak it. And I'm telling you, God is blessing the church. It's a church is moving on in victory. Amen. What battle are you facing? Start believing and start speaking God's Word about your situation. Now I want to say real faith has to come from the Word of God. It's not just a wish or something that we make up. Our faith is not in our words. It's in God's Word. But when we get a word from God and we speak it, that's powerful. I want to go back to Romans 10, 17 again. It says, so faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And there's something here that I guess a lot of times we read this in English, we don't really pick up on this, but there's two words that are translated as word. One of them is the logos, which is the written word. It is the whole word of God. But here, this word that's translated as word is a word rhema, which means the spoken word. And it is when God speaks to you. Now, I want you to understand... Much of the time, God speaks to us through the Word. You ever had a word, whether it was being preached or you're reading it, and all of a sudden, it, in, the, in this pages, it just comes to life to you, and God speaks to you? That's a rhema word. And that's when faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God, because you heard that spoken word. And i got to tell you, I have that happen to me a lot of times when somebody else is preaching. Sometimes it might have something to do with what they're saying, but it's strange. But sometimes the Holy Spirit just speaks to me about something totally different than what their message is about. But I know He spoke to me. And I'm just telling you, however it comes, whether it's through you reading the Word or hearing it preached, or maybe a brother or sister says something to you and you know it's a Word from God, now it's got to bear witness with your spirit. But I'm just saying that God can speak to you a lot of different ways. And when that faith comes, oh, you need to believe it. You need to speak it out of your mouth. It's so important that we speak faith. Remember the 12 leaders that Moses sent in to Canaan to spy out the land. And ten of them came back with a bad report. Only Joshua and Caleb had a good report and says, we're well able, we should go in. The rest of the people all listened to the ten. They spoke fear and unbelief and even made it worse than it was. They twisted it up. But that fear and unbelief that they spoke, it undermined the, people, the, the people's faith, and it kept them from ever going into the promised land. None of them went in except for Joshua and Caleb. They all died in the wilderness. And you need to realize how important it is that you don't listen to doubt and unbelief. It will cost you. It will keep you from experiencing many of the blessings of God. It will keep you from the promises that are for you. It's so important that we listen to faith and we speak faith. Now, as you read the Scripture, I encourage you, 
I'm going to say this. As you read the Scripture, as you read the Scripture, we're living in a really strange day when more and more people just don't even read their Bible anymore. Let me tell you something. You put away your electronic devices for a week and you might start reading your Bible. Some of us are so used to being entertained every second of our life, we can't even focus to read the Bible. Good grief. This is too important. There's life in these words. Life-changing power in these words. When you read your Bible, you need to take note of what people say and their outcome. Those words are powerful. We're going to go to Mark chapter 5, verse 25 through 29. It's a familiar story. We've talked about it a lot, but a certain woman had a flow of blood 12 years. She suffered many things from many physicians. She spent all she had, but was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment, for she said, she said something. If only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. I want to tell you, sometimes this is exactly the way it happens. People will say, you know what, I got I'm going to go to this special meeting. And I believe the Lord is going to heal me there. They said it out of their mouth. I'm going, I believe God's going to heal me there. And that's what happens. Sometimes somebody says to themselves, they say, you know what, I, I believe if I go down front and I get prayed for this morning, I'm going to get healed. I'm going to call for the elders of the church that they can anoint me with oil and pray the prayer of faith and the Lord's going to raise me up. You see, it's that point of contact of their faith that they believe it and they're saying it out of their mouth. Well, I don't want to say it because what if it ain't true? Wishy-washy, double-minded. You've already decided you, you want an out. What if it don't work? When you believe it in your heart, you can say it out of your mouth. Great power. And believing in your heart, saying out of your mouth. It says, immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. In that same chapter, beginning from verse 37, Jesus raises a little girl from the dead. And he permitted no one to follow except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. Then he came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and saw a tumult in those who wept and wailed loudly. That's a sad situation. Terrible. And when he came in, he said to them, Why make this commotion and weak? This child is not dead, but sleeping. I want to tell you, you better have heard from God when you do that. And they ridiculed him. But when he had put them all outside, that sounds rude. I want to tell you, sometimes you've got to get the doubt out. He put them all outside. He took the father and the mother of the child and those who were with him and entered where the child was lying. Then he took the child by the hand and he said to her, Talitha Kumi, which is translated, little girl, I say to you, arise. Immediately the girl arose and walked, for she was 12 years of age, and they were overcome with great amazement. How this happened? He took, took her by the hand and he said, little girl, get up. He spoke it out of his mouth. When In John chapter 11, Jesus' friend Lazarus had died. Jesus loved Lazarus. 
But he actually says to the disciples, he says, Lazarus is dead and I'm glad. That's right. Some of you are going to go home and read your Bible for the first time in a month. John chapter 11. I'm glad, this is what he said, I'm glad for your sakes that you might believe. Lazarus is dead and I'm glad for your sakes that you might believe because he knew what he was going to do. And he goes to the tomb of Lazarus. We'll pick it up in John eleven forty one. 41. Father, he says, Father, I thank you that you've heard me. He had already prayed, and he's thanking God for it. He's thanking the Father. He says, I've already prayed. I know you've already heard me. He said, I know that you always hear me, but because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe. That they might believe that you sent me. Now, when he had said these things, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. When did Lazarus rise from the dead? It wasn't when he prayed. Some of you, you prayed and you prayed and you prayed. It's time for you to believe and speak it out of your mouth. He prayed and he prayed. I don't know how much he prayed, but I know he was thanking the Father for doing it. And he called him out. Wow. See, once you pray and you believe, you need to speak it. Say what you believe. Peter did the same thing. He hears about a woman named Dorcas or Tabitha, same person. He hears that she has died. They come and get him. In Acts chapter 9, verse 39, Peter arose and went with them. And when he had come, they brought him to the upper room. And all the widows stood by him weeping, showing the tunics and garments which Dorcas had made while she was with them. But Peter put them all out. That's so rude. All these weeping and crying people, he puts them out. Listen, I'm not belittling their grief. I'm just saying that Peter wanted that out of the room. He knelt down and prayed. Nothing has happened yet on the outside. You say, nothing's happening. Maybe it's time for you to speak. Turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes, and when she saw Peter, she sat up. Then he gave her his hand and lifted her up. And when he had called the saints and widows, he presented her alive. What do you believe? I believe the Word of God. Then we ought to say the same thing as what the Word of God says. If you say what the Word of God says, I will tell you there's a lot of people, especially religious people, they're going to think you're crazy. They think you've gone off the deep end. You become one of those crazy faith people. Yeah, like Jesus. Mark 11, Jesus cursed a fig tree because it didn't have any figs on it, and it died. This is not about fig trees or mountains. But Jesus uses this as a teaching moment with the disciples. Mark eleven twenty two through 24, this is what happens right after that. Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain... We know what whoever is, don't we? I mean, whoever believes... 
shall not perish. Whoever. It's for whoever. Who's this for? Whoever. Whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says, believes those things he says, believes those things he says. Is this really in the Bible? Over and over and over again, you see this truth. He will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, what things, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe you that, that you receive them and you'll have them. We've talked about this as such an important principle in prayer that you believe you receive and you will have them. But I want you to understand, Jesus is talking about how we incorporate our confession, the words that we say, with our prayer. That we speak what we believe. And we've seen several examples of that in the Scripture already, but I'm just telling you that we need to, we need to pray, but when we believe we receive, we need to speak it out of our mouth. I mean, if we really believe that we've received, that God is doing it, that it's a done deal, then we ought to be saying it out of our mouth. I know people get hung up on that verse 23 about moving a mountain. Jesus didn't move mountains. The disciples didn't move mountains. And nobody, as far as I know, has ever moved a mountain. If you're talking about a literal mountain, Jesus is talking about real life. And you see, we all have battles and struggles and situations. What do you do? You pray and you believe and you speak to that mountain. See, you speak to the mountain of debt that you're believing God to help you take care of. You speak to that dried up marriage to come back to life. You speak those words of faith. You pray, but when you pray, you believe. And when you believe, you speak. Many times. If we'll just get a hold of the word, if we'll just dig in, God will speak to us. You know, we prayed for this building. And I, I don't, I hate telling you history, but I, just, I got to this morning. We prayed for this building for a long, long time. But I always believed. And I always said, we're building a building. And there were a lot of people, and they're not here. But there were a lot of people that didn't believe it. In fact, one person wrote me an ugly letter, you know, one of those anonymous types, and said they were going to report me to Fox News because we were raising money for a building that I had no intention of building. I don't know where they are, but I know where I am. I'm standing in a building. We've been in this building for nine and a half years. But I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what else is amazing. We were in this building five and a half years, and it was paid off. That's the blessing of the Lord. <laughs> it took us way longer than that just to start building it. But it has paid off in five and a half years. What a blessing. But you believe it, 
and you speak it. And no matter what other people say, no matter if they ridicule you or make fun of you, no matter if it seems like it's never going to happen, if the circumstances just get worse, would you really believe you keep speaking it? God will fulfill His Word. Such power when we speak His words. You know, and I, I got to tell you, I'm still there. I mean... I believe the Word of God. We plant, we water, and God gives the increase. And I'm believing God for a great harvest of souls. It's always been. This building, it was built because we want to reach more people. But I want to see this building full. And I believe that I'm going to. I want to tell you, Jesus is building His church. He is the Lord of the harvest. And I believe that it's going to happen. That people are going to fill this building. Changed lives. People that are becoming disciples of the Lord. The scripture tells us that there's the power of life and death in the tongue, in our words. It's so important what you say. And whenever you're saying what God says, when your words line up with what God says, oh, that's powerful. That is an opportunity for God to move and work in your life. The book of James in chapter 3, it tells us how powerful the tongue is, our words are. And it says this, that it's like a rudder on a ship. It says, though a ship can be so great, yet it is turned by a very small helm. That rudder can change the course. And I'm telling you that your words can change the course of your life. You want to see change? You want to see a different outcome? You start believing the Word of God and speaking it over your life. The Bible says, see, this is the teaching of Scripture. Your words, your tongue can turn the course of your life. And when we are speaking the Word of God, I want to tell you, your life is about to take a turn for the better. Stand with me. We're going to pray.